Delaney, Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Woo! That's what the guy always says. We say that, too. We're halfway through the Tuesday show. Uh, Mark Long of the Associated Press joining us earlier. This was interesting because a bunch of y'all keep trying to get Urban Meyer to that USC job. Like, oh, he's going to quit. Take that job. <laughs> Mark Long was like, hey, man. We did some digging on that. He wouldn't have passed their background check. I can't believe he said he that. Just, we need to get the audio for it. I know we're just dropping the bombshell oh, on you. We're going to retweet that for sure after you post it. But that, <laughs> that was like the first thing that Mark Long said because he covers the Gators and he covers the Jaguars. And I was talking, you know, in our business, a lot of what you do is like what team you cover, what organization you get to cover. Well, we live in Nashville, so we cover the Predators. We cover the Titans and, you know, Nashville SC, a pretty good group of people all around. So you're Mark Long, you're this OG with the Associated Press, and you're like, hey, man, here's your assignment. We've got good news and bad news. All right, I'll take the good news first. I'm a good news guy. All right, you get to cover the Gators. That's pretty good news. They're always good. Like, there's excitement. You know, it's a nice campus. I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, good deal. Well, okay, what's the bad news? Well, you also have to cover the Jags on Sunday. So your Saturday is going to be fun, full house, SEC, Electric College atmosphere. On Sunday, though, you're going to come down here and cover the Jags. Good luck with that. So he covers both, but uh, yeah, we led with uh, led with the Urban Meyer question. I can see Lucas furiously editing in there, but we'll play that for you at some point in the segment. Mark Long giving his his thing like, uh, no, actually, no, he he was not into running you. Maybe at one time, but uh, no, there's too much in the past there. I didn't think that was interesting. I I never thought he was going to take that job, but as I joked to you, who started the show today about Big Herb was, if I'm him, I'm like to my agent. We talked about this. You didn't see anything big on the horizon. You let me take this job in Jacksonville. You let me take this job. You didn't know Helton was about to get fired. You didn't know he was one bad loss away. Okay, whatever. I don't think he's Yeah, gonna... I, I think his agent didn't take the call. Uh, yeah. He's like, I, I mean, everybody's going to move on to something else because he he's too busy right now. He's trying to, to win thing. games at the, at the Jaguars. Because if you're USC, I, I saw this. They haven't returned, retained a search firm. And everybody's saying, good, that's a waste of money. Here's what the search firm does. And it's not to say that they don't have a consultant helping them. Because everybody always asks me, okay, you worked in the business. Why does anybody get a search firm? Well, if you're a school like Arkansas State, you don't get one because you can't afford it. You just don't get it. Although I'll say this. They had a guy who was in their intermediary, and he would make the phone calls. What the search firm does is they can immediately call everybody's agent. And they can go, Lucas is interested. Blaine is not interested. Mickey will listen if you make him a pitch. So they, so that way, before you ever even start messing around, Lucas is interested. Blaine is not interested. Mickey would listen if you gave him a pitch. Like, okay, we'll take Blaine off the list. Okay, Lucas is interested. And eh, maybe for Mickey, he says maybe. They'll do some of that work for you. The other thing they do is, and this is big, they give you plausible deniability because the search firm talks to the coach's agent. So the coach can say, I ain't talked to nobody. And the athletic director can say, I ain't talked to nobody. And nobody's talked to anybody. But yeah, the search firm talked to everybody. But, but can't you say that? Why don't they start asking the uh, coaches, did your agent talk to someone? Your representative talked to someone. I asked Gus Malzahn that when he was the coach at A-State. And, and it was rumored he was going to go to Arkansas. And I said, coach. And Malzahn's my buddy. Did you or someone else? I said, coach Malzahn. And this went everywhere. It was on ESPN. It was everywhere. I said, have you or anyone who represents you talk to the University of Arkansas or anyone who represents the University of Arkansas about their head football coach opening because it was after Petrina. But they can still lie there, too. You know what he said? What he said? 
I'm the I'm the coach of the A State Red Wolves. Next question. <laughs> That's what he said. But he didn't he didn't want to deny it. He didn't want to lie. Because he's he's that kind of guy. He didn't want to lie. So he said, I'm the coach of the A State Red Wolves. What's the next question? He I wouldn't know. say, which was yes. I mean, yeah. That was his way of saying, Of course, you dummy. Of course I'm t- of course, my people have talked to their people. Are you crazy? Shoot, was that man. offensive coordinator there? Yeah, Come on, I, man. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea who's going to be the head coach of USC. And everybody keeps saying Eric Bieniemy. I heard Eric Bieniemy say, "Do you know the AD there is the guy who fired me from Colorado?" <laughs> well, Schefter reported that's right. one of the very few jobs that Bieniemy would even be interested in. in the college, and that's when he responded job. to, "That's the guy yeah. who fired me at Colorado." And I was like, "Well, are you saying that you?" That he wouldn't hire you then. You can get fired. That don't mean you don't not a good fit for the another job. Might have fired him for something else. <laughs> not paying for uh, his parking tickets. I mean, you think that dude's on a fast track to be an NFL head coach at some point, right? I mean, he's at the top of almost every well, that list. Track, I don't know, man. That track has been on the track for yeah. a long time. That track has been tracking yeah. off the track for a long time when yeah. a lot of people thought the track yeah. was on track yeah. to track towards head coaching. Yeah, that track got some oil put on there, and he slid off the track. <laughs> Somebody put a penny <laughs> on there. They used to tell us that I as don't kids, don't put a penny on the track. It be too Derail long. the whole train. You got to take the opportunity you can to get a head coaching job. It's only what? 32 of them, so. Yeah. Mm. This is uh, uh, Mark Long, again, joined us. We talked to him most about Gators and, and Vols, and, uh, but we led with an Urban Meyer question. You know, gosh, Betty wishes he had that USC job. And this was his, uh, hold up a minute. This is what Mark Long said. <laughs> yeah, you know, the funny thing is I, <clears throat> I've talked to people around the, around the country, and I don't think he, was a, he would be a candidate at USC. They've got a pretty strict um, – Background check, and you know, from everybody I talked to, there was a talk about thoughts about Urban Meyer earlier at USC, and a lot of people believe he was not going to pass their background check with some of the things that he's, uh, you know, been into with you know talking about players and hiding drug tests and this, that, and the other, and certainly what happened at at Ohio State with his receivers coach, all those things. So I, I don't think he's going back to college. I don't think it's it'll be USC. I don't think it'll be anything. I think, you know, the question remains and, you know, again, we're two, two games into this thing, but you're already asking the questions is, you know, what, uh, you know, is he happy? Is he, is he going to be, is it going to be a one and done? Is he going to see this thing through? Uh, how committed to the NFL is he? And a lot of people have concerns about that. Even despite him saying no chance, about going to USC, people still wonder, you know, whether or not he stays in Jacksonville and, and really makes this thing a four- or five-year project. I think the, the, the overwhelming concern would be that he's a, he's a one-and-done and walks away and either cites health or says uh, this isn't what he wants or thought he, or thought he was getting into. And uh, it's a pretty big rebuild. There's no doubt about it. It's not going to happen in one year, probably not going to happen in two years. And uh, a lot of people really, really – thinking now that Urban Meyer won't be around to see Jacksonville get this thing somewhat turned around. He starts with a laugh, and then he ends with, and a lot of people don't think they'll uh, get to see Urban Meyer stick around to uh, see this thing through. <laughs> man, he just, he, oh, man, I think he holds a lot of stuff in. He is just not used to losing. I'm going to see how, how long it's going. If his goal, I think he's going to give it another year, yep. if I was guessing. And he has to see progress. 
and I made some you know tremendous progress. He's made some mistakes all the way. What I can say, most coaches who have been very successful at every level, they will adjust and quickly as they go along the road. Uh, we can cite Bama. Yeah, I mean, is Saban. It, yeah, Saban. I mean, who would ever thought they would be throwing it around the yard? I mean, really? Yeah. Yeah, he better adapt or you'll get left behind. Yep. So these elite coaches, and he's one of them, Urban Meyer, you have to give it to him. Uh, I think he will adjust even at the NFL level and get to a point where he least feels like he did a decent job. And whether that's 8-8 eight and eight or 8-9 well, or 9-8 and eight or whatever with 17 games, and then hopefully get to a point where Trevor Lawrence now has turned the corner and now he's you know in that category of where everybody's talking about he's one of the top you know 15 quarterbacks in the league and uh they get him a better offensive line they start you know make some plays so we shall see though but it's it's gonna he has to know it's gonna be a rocky road these first two years man if he doesn't see improvement i don't know i think he will i'm right there with mark long i think he'll cite health and he'll go bye i'm out and take with him a whole boatload of more money and, and we keep saying this well he's still a pretty young guy well he's still a pretty young guy well at some point you're not a pretty young guy anymore you know, at some point, at some point, age goes. Father time's undefeated, and it's like, but you can coach forever if you yeah. just, you know, if you can handle I mean, it. You know, without all those health concerns, maybe. <laughs> he's made a lot of mistakes, but at least he's fixed them quickly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, NFL, <laughs> they'll call you out real quick. There, they will. Uh, coach Matt coached in the NFL a long time. 31 years, I believe, is the number. Oh, he yeah. is set to join us next. How many days? That's right. I, now that I don't know. Somebody will do the math on that. Uh, coach Mack, up next to talk Titans right here on Blade and Me. 65 days. Blaine and Mickey 104.5 The Zone. You know what that music means. It means the one and only Coach Mack is on with us. Coach, how in the world are you doing? And uh, what's a, what's that plane flight home, that long, long plane flight from Seattle after a win? I imagine it makes it a whole lot better. Uh, it does. Hi, Mickey. Hey, uh, Blaine. Uh, it, it makes it good. I wish I could tell you what it's like. I slept. <laughs> I slept on a few plane flights myself. Blaine and Dyson and me were in the postgame show, and I said, you know, when did you did you look at this film on the way home, or did you start to look at the next team? And they both looked at me and said, "You think we had that kind of technology when we played?" So they quickly corrected. No, me. and that's a great question because you know they have that technology now, and and you know they they're able to they're on long flights like that. You know those those cross country flights, they're able to they're able to look at film on the way out, and then you know uh, with the coaches, and then you know clearly the coaches start working on the film on the way back because they know they're going to get back uh early in the morning on monday so you can't ever be behind so the technology nowadays is amazing how much coach do you look at what you just did once the game's over on sunday is it a film review one time with the whole team do you look at it some on the way back how much how much do you look back at the previous game well, I mean, you do. I mean, you break. First of all, you break it down as coaches, and then you meet, and then you go over your grades. You know, uh, individual. I mean, you go over your grades in in groups of the defensive staff, the offensive staff, the special teams. And then you come in with the head coach and go over your go over your grades with the head coach. And so, and then you break down, you know, defensively and offensively. And the defensive coordinator may have everybody together and show a few a few clips of of some things that you know, that you want to get squared away, then you break off into your individual room. So the coaches see it a minimum of three times. Mm, good stuff, Coach Mack, Coach Dave McGinnis.
Brought to you as always by Farm Bureau Health Plans. If you need great health care coverage and affordable price, let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They got you covered just like we get covered with the Mac attack every Tuesday on Blaine and Mickey. <laughs> no doubt, Coach Mack. I'm wondering, have you ever seen a game, the last two games, so much of a swing of how they played in one game and then the next game, you could call it a half, they look like world beaters. And, and the Titans, they just look like a different team and came out there with a different mindset. Yeah, Blaine, you know, in my 30 years of coaching in the National Football League, yes, I have experienced that. And uh, and still, you know, to this day, if somebody would ask me why, I've got no explanation. But uh, I, I, I've seen you uh, – I've had teams play in games before where it got away from us early and we couldn't do anything right. It seemed like we were on our left foot all day. And then, you know, the next game, you know, uh, just be able to persevere through whatever happened and win the ball game. The thing – and you know this, Blaine, and, and our listeners are – are sophisticated listeners and they, they understand. I mean, we had a whole plane full of really great Titans fans go out there. And here's, here's what I'm trying to say is this league is so close. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is so close. And regardless mm-hmm. of what, you know, mm-hmm. people want to say and look at teams and say, and this team should be favored and this team's not good. They, you, look, anytime you play on Sunday, Monday, or Thursday in the national football league, Everybody has a chance because everybody has good coaches and good players, and a lot of it depends on the matchups of the day and who's the healthiest at what position. So it, has it happened to me before? Absolutely it has. Hey, we're on with Coach Mack giving us the Mack attack. Was Seattle as loud as advertised? Okay, come on, Blaine. <laughs> I mean, it, look, they had you – know, and again, as I said, I've been there – uh, you know, of course, in the NFC West, and when I went in there with uh, Jeff Fisher to take over the Rams, you know, we took over a team that had been 15 and 65 the previous five years. They were terrible. And we knew that if we we're going to compete in the NFC West, we had to build a team to be able to beat Seattle. They were the top dog. And so uh, the nine games that, you know, that, that, that I coached, you know, against them because the 10th game after they let fish go when the front office took over the team i don't count that one uh uh, we were uh we were uh five and four so we always found a way and had to devise ways to beat those people but when you go up there to play now i've been in a, a lot of stadiums around the country both collegiately and in the national football league and that place is different and especially this time because they hadn't had fans in there for over a year. Look, they had, I mean, they had a concert before the game with everybody in the stands. They brought Macklemore out, and he was doing his thing. They brought the UW band, and they were dancing to Macklemore. I mean, it was a concert, you know, before the game, and that crowd was juiced. I mean, they were fired up, and it is, it is as loud. It's the loudest outdoor venue in the league, bar none. Mm-hmm. Well, besides the superstars, Coach, you know, Tannehill, uh, you know, the King and everybody else's superstars, you know, who stood out that you think, Mike, uh-oh, I think we, we may be on to some. He's starting to play uh, up to the level uh, that we thought he would. Yeah, you know, when I, when I, when I watch a game, you know, I'm, I'm watching units. But I, I, I thought, I think the last two weeks, you know, Christian Fulton's really acquitted himself very well out there at the corner. I mean, we talked about earlier during training camps about how he looked stronger and, and, and he looked and, and he looked more like, you know, physically an NFL corner, and he's playing like that right now. So, you know, I thought he did very well. Now, I mean, he had he had some things that he's got to clean up. I mean, you know, they're in the, we had a complete bust back there. He may have been involved with it, or he may not have. I I, I don't grade players anymore because I did that for thirty years, you know, extensively. I don't know exactly what the call was, but 
I, I know that that wasn't the call. That's not what they planned, you know, for, for Swain to be running down there wide, wide open. And so, but I, I like, I like what he's been doing. He's been pretty consistent since training camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coach, I, I got to give you one more. And that is yeah. the refereeing. And I'm not really oh, big hey, on talking hey, about Lane, the refereeing. I hear you, you know, call it a game. And I'm like, man, I wonder what coach Mack would have been like. Cause your get back coach would have been really active in this game. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, my my get back coach would have had me around the throat. <laughs> I mean, here's here's the thing. And again, as I, you know, first of all, uh, you know, you know, spotting the ball that third down that was awful. Okay, that that, that was that was bad. Uh, Julio Jones scored a touchdown. All right, I mean that 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 was that was very evident. Also, they got they did get the call right on the one you know where they where they called him short of the goal line. You know before he walked before yeah, Derrick Henry yeah. walked in on he, they 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 got they got that call right. I don't know what to make of the taunting rule. I do know this: if they're going to emphasize it, there's already been eleven taunting calls mm. so far in two weeks in the National Football League. So if I were a player and I even thought about looking at somebody cross-eyed, I wouldn't. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, no no penalties uh, for sure. We're all with Coach Mack giving us the, the Mack attack. Uh, 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 one, one more question, I guess, on that note. Yeah. What do you think they can do a better job of the National Football League? You know, they've come up with all these different ideas to help improve refereeing. It's a tough job. But what do you, you got any ideas what maybe they could do to improve uh, the refereeing? No, but I, I do know this. It, it's never, it's never been as, it's never been as smooth, and it's never been as, 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 as synergistic. In other words, put together as it, as, as it was when Mike Ferrero was there. Oh. You know, they changed, they changed heads of officials. It's never been the same. And plus, now, Blaine, to your point, they've got different. They've got two different people now doing the replay. Yeah. All right, they've got two completely. And one of them's a, a, not a former official. One of them's a former coach. You know, Perry Fuel. And so that to me, I think the inconsistency in the in the in the the coaching office and and the and the, and the way it's the inconsistency in the leadership, I think, has made a big difference. I mean, I just know how good it was when Mike Pereira was there, and so you know, I, I'm not I'm not in. Look, I study officials, I study crews, I study a lot of things. Uh, so does Mike Keith, as far as knowing who calls what. When I was coaching, I would study crews to know, you know, be able to tell my team this team is a little bit liberal on 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 defensive pass interference down the field. This team will call you for just barely touching them, so keep your hands in. This team calls very little offensive holding, especially on you know on play action passes or runs to the edges. This crew right here calls you know it very liberally and so all of those things i used to study i I don't you know i still i look at them mike keith always gives us their stats you know for the week prior and then keeps up with it you know throughout the year but uh, i've never been an official it is an extremely hard job but i i just know i just know how much more together it was you know when i was coaching and mike Pereira was in charge Mm. well with coach mack giving us the mack attack coach the first play that you named was that that third down play where Carson reached the ball out and, and was near the out of bounds line and, and was and was essentially a full yard short it wasn't even close they hurried up and they ran another play and we were discussing this in post game and what could Vrabel have done the guy tweeted us and said well it's just it's where the ball is spotted so you can't they said he couldn't challenge I guess the spot of the ball and the Seahawks moved quickly I, I 
my thing was this. Even if you wanted to save your timeouts, that's up to Mike Vrabel or not. I'm asking you this from a procedural standpoint. Could he have called timeout, though, just take a timeout right there before Seattle runs another play, and in that time, maybe the officials on their own say, that was pretty close, we should take a look. Could something like that have even happened? No, they're not ever going to look at it on their own okay. unless, unless you challenge it. And 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 and, as, and and here's the other thing too. Unless it's egregious, which you know, Titans, I'm I'm a Titans, I'm a Titans, Titan fans. Everybody's going to think you know it, it was right. egregious, but unless it's egregious, you're you're getting a spot call. The the best chance you have is on the sideline, but it has to be you know clear and evident. It's clear and evident to everybody wearing two tone blue, yeah. but it may not have been clear and evident to the people back in New York. As I just said, you've got two different people doing it now. So yeah, I I, I would not have wasted a challenge on it, and I and definitely not wasted a timeout. After the big play, the sixty eight yard touchdown with the busted coverage, the Titans basically the Seahawks went three and out, three and out. Uh, they ran four plays before the game ended and didn't have anything going there. Then they had to ball three plays in overtime, and really it should have ended with a safety. What did the def- the defense do down the stretch, besides not give up big plays, what did they do down the stretch that literally was three and out, three and out, four and done, three and out? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, let me let me thank you for reminding me it was a safety, too. You know, by, <laughs> yeah, by, yeah, yeah. By, that was a way. safety in any world that yeah. we live in. Well, yeah, yeah, and by the way, it was a safety. I mean, you heard me on the call. I, my, I said, I said safety. Yes. So, you know, we were right. We were right next to the to the to the Titans coaches, you know. And I and I I did my hands in the safety sign to them. Anyway, uh, again, talking about officials, that's another one. But that to me, look, that they. During that ball game, I've played Russell Wilson, as I said, you know, you know, nine times as a coach, and then one time, you know, as an observer up there, you know, when I was at that that last game, you know, without fish there. And so the thing, the thing about him is, at any point, I mean, he's he's going to explode, and, and so you've always got to be, and he's going to make some plays. The thing that can't happen to you defensively, and you're talking to a a, a guy that was a the, the defensive star in this league, sitting right there next to you in the secondary, if if an explosive play happens to you, you cannot get you you cannot get discombobbled by it. You got to go get it fixed on the sideline. What happened? But you can't let it take your confidence away. I thought they played with great confidence in the fourth quarter, and I think that's a big big plus. And I, and I think it, it's major kudos to that staff and those players in that environment, going in down it like they did halftime, and then coming out and fighting all the way through it. The, the basic thing they did, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't do much different. But they, they didn't, they didn't get all discombobulated if something bad happened to them, Mickey. And that, to me, was the biggest thing. It was a big moment for David Long. He was actually out there with a green dot because Jayon couldn't play, and David was a guy who we'd seen really come on at the end of his rookie year, and then maybe his play was a little quieter last year. He had such a great pedigree in college. And he goes from sideline to sideline so well. It, it, it's neat to see David Long take advantage of his opportunities, Coach, because he's a fellow that seems like he could be on this team for a long time making plays. Well, I'm just all for that guy because, I mean, you know, betting him coming out of West Virginia, and he had to learn a lot about playing the second level yeah. as far as, uh, as guard ball triangle reads and, and, and discerning coverage and everything because he was a rush guy, yeah. basically, there in West Virginia. They were blitzing him and, and running him everywhere, and if I'd have been at West Virginia, I'd have done the same thing. Because he made every tackle on the field when you watched it, you know he's a he was a defensive player of the year, you know in that in that in that conference. And so uh, yeah, I'm really I'm really proud of him. And here's the other thing that I that that impressed me about it. the moment wasn't too big for him. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the moment wasn't too big for me. And putting that green dot on in that environment, as loud as it was, and being able to get, you know, everybody set and get everybody on the same page, and you could see a lot of communication going on out there manually because verbally you can't hear anything out there. Uh, I was very impressed with David Long. I've been impressed with him since he's been here because guess what? He's a football player. He's got a great GPS to the ball, and that's a plus for a defensive player. Absolutely. Coach Max got a GPS for this show every Tuesday, and he's on with us right now on Blaine and Mickey. Always, Coach. There was a lot of different moments, ebbs and flows in this game, but where yeah. do you see the turning point where you, you felt like now this is Titans' ball game to lose? Do you, do you well, see I point? mean, you know, they kept answering bad plays in the uh, second half. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they they, they, they didn't come out. They, they did not come out, Blaine, in my opinion, and play like they were behind. You know, they just kept pounding. And the thing that, the thing that it, it impressed me that's important, and, and this, this team has been successful ever since we've had that big running back, of whether the run game is really good or not, if the score is not separated by more than two scores, keep pounding that guy because people get tired of that. I mean, they get tired of it, and, 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 and you saw it. And plus, he just, he just keeps getting stronger. So to me, the fact that they were able to stay with that and then – I think one of the big things that I really liked was Ryan Tannehill was very, very accurate. You know, A.J. Brown uncharacteristically had drops. You know, I think he's trying to run with it before he catches it. But Julio Jones stepped up and was Julio Jones. But Michael Pruitt was outstanding in that thing. And the other thing was impressive. When they're playing that cover three match, now we'll start talking some ball, and they're going to drop off like they do in that cover three match. Dump it down to your backs over the middle. Mm -hmm. And that was a big part of that game in the second half. Well, take us behind the curtains, Coach, and like when you were coaching uh, and when what the film room was like because everybody thinks it's all hunky-dory, especially when you get a win. But, man, there were a lot of correctable points in this. And I usually walk away from the film room after a game like this and be like, oh, yeah, we won, yeah, yeah, yeah. You go to film next day and go, oh, man, dang, we, we, get, we, gotta, we gotta get better, man. We, we, get, we got a lot to do. We got a lot to get better at if we want to win. Yeah, especially early in the year, you have to. I mean, it has to. It has to. Here's what it has to be, Blaine, and you know this, and this is for it has to be the truth. You have to tell the truth because you won, and that's what everybody is euphoric about. And that's mm-hmm. that's the bottom line in this league is winning. But if you want to move forward and improve and give yourself a better chance to win in upcoming games, you've got to correct what went wrong because guess who's going to try to exploit the, those things they see on the film that gave you problems? Your next opponent. And your opponents after that. These films stay stay in the flow in, in in perpetuity. I mean, they stay in the flow forever. So you've got to get that corrected, and it's got to be it's got to be a very honest. You know, the National Football League. You can attest to this, and I can attest to this too. In thirty years of coaching, that that that, that uh, breakdown and those meetings after a ball game, they're all about the truth. There is no you know <laughs> sugarcoating anything in there, good or bad. You know, you can you can praise you can praise the good plays, but you better correct the bad plays. Ooh, yeah, I felt like a little ant on the wall my rookie year. I was like, oh my gosh, please don't say my name. <laughs> 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 yeah, but anyway, now we play a team that's zero two. The Colts, maybe the best zero two team. I, I've watched them a little bit, uh, especially their first game versus the Seahawks, and I thought you know Wentz was playing you know. Pretty decent. I mean, that, he wasn't horrible. He was he was solid. Made some uh, boneheaded plays this last game as far as just trying too hard. But a lot of quarterbacks do that. I just watched Aaron Rodgers, the best, 
to do, uh, you know, do the same thing. But uh, kind of take us through your approach and how you would prepare and think about preparing for uh, a young quarterback going into this game because I don't want our fan base to think, oh, he has no starts, we're going to kill them. No, it's a coach and their division opponent, and they beat us with guys we never even heard of or they picked up off the street, you know, three days before the game. No, this is a dangerous team. Dangerous, mm-hmm. dangerous team. You know, first of all, it's a division game. They're 0-2. They've got the same type of mindset, you know, in, in, in my humble opinion, that the Titans had when they got on that plane to go to Seattle. Okay? I mean, this is what this game is to them, being 0-2. And they played very well in those two ball games. They lose wins in the fourth quarter last week. But you know, up until that time, I mean, they're inside the five twice and don't come away with touchdowns. So, look. They're a good football team, and mm-hmm. and offensively and defensively, they're going to run the football. I mean, they've got Taylor and Mack. They've got two guys that, that can run the ball, and their offensive line has been hurt just like ours have. But still, you saw what the Titans were able to do with a with a piece together offensive line. I mean, the guys that were in there, they're playing. You know, much kudos to them. They made it work, and they'll figure out how to do it too. And so, this is a this is a big big game. This is a dangerous game. It's a very dangerous game. Both teams. Once you get into division play, I'm not saying anything that's a revelation to anybody, but the division play is different. And uh, I just know the mindset that they're going to come in here with, and it's going, to, it's going to be a fight. And you've got to be able to be on point with what's going on. You know, defensively, I mean, they got erasers at two levels. You know, you know, Buckner and Leonard, those guys are erasers on defense. They are difference makers. And so, guys, this is going to be a ball game. Coach, every time you laugh on the broadcast, I always say an angel gets its wings. And and as 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 the team started to pull away, or not pull away, but started to change the way they played and started to come back, and then just to hear you laugh in the background behind Mike yelling these amazing things that he says, his voice goes up, and then you're just laughing. Every time you laugh, an angel gets its wings, Coach. I just want you to know that. Keep giving those angel wings away, man. It's the best. Well, that's that's very kind of you. And the, I mean, I, I don't want to say anything because I don't ever want to talk over Mike Keith. He's brilliant in what he does. He's a wordsmith up there, and he's he's into the moment. But I can't help it because when I look at it and see, and especially, you know, I, I really start laughing when Derrick Henry starts eating stripes out in the open field. Because, first of all, they have no idea how fast he is, and I don't know why they don't because it's been on film now for quite a while. <laughs> There's lots of tape on and, him, yeah. Yeah, and second of all, I mean, dudes start to approach him a little bit like a dog does a a, a tire on a moving car. You know, they're not sure they want to bite that thing. <laughs> oh, if people aren't turning down the TV volume and listening to you guys, they're doing it wrong. Coach, we love talking to you every week. Love hearing you on Sundays. Love hearing Mac talk, and people can hear that tonight. And uh, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, thanks, Mickey. Yeah, we've got Mac talk tonight. Rhett and I, we're bringing Amy Wells in studio with us live tonight. She's going to give a little preview of the Titans Amy Coach Mac podcast, new podcast that is dropping this week. And so uh, we look forward to all the phone calls, all the all the Twitter questions. Uh, I really look forward to Mac talk on Tuesday nights after game with fans. It's great. Us too, Coach. We'll be listening tonight. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, Coach. See you, guys. Yes. Thanks. One and only Coach Mack. All right, we come back. Our director of content, Blaine Bishop, want to start doing something on Tuesdays, giving away a, a Titans game balls. So we asked the question earlier. Some of you responded to at Blaine and Mickey on Twitter. You can do that if you're in Zone TV chat. Respond right now. Offense, defense, special teams. Who are you giving your Titans game balls to for the performance on Sunday? We'll share that next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone.
Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. So, yeah, director of content, Blaine Bishop. No, he's also our show lip reader. He's also our show's physician. Lucas is our <laughs> linguist. I really don't do anything but get us in and out of commercial breaks. No. Uh, Lucas <laughs> is our linguist. As group, as I've been meaning to ask. I speak, I, I'm just, let me say this now, Lucas. Are you, can you, okay, I can see. I'm looking through six walls of glass at Lucas. Oh, this is this is Lucas' lifetime, man. Why There's, I mean, he's a busy man. Lucas is <laughs> the hardest working man in show business. There's a song by Chicago called Saturday in the Park. Have you ever heard that song? Probably not. No. Okay, of course you haven't. Um, in the song, there's a lyric that's in Italian. Ooh. And the guy, Robert Lamb, who's still in Chicago today. Chicago had hit songs in four decades. I don't know. I mean, they're just ridiculously talented, whether or not you remember them or know them or not. But just Google them today, kids. He says, uh, a man selling ice cream, singing Italian songs. And then the guy says something in Italian. I need us to play that on the air, maybe tomorrow. And I want you to say what he says. Can you do that as the show linguist? Okay, I'll plan for that. I've been hearing this song my whole life. And I want to sing along to that part. But I don't even know what he, what if he's saying, like, Mickey is stupid. And I would be singing that. And I don't, and I don't want to. can't do rule that out. They're 100%. I, got, I was a, like a young person when this came out. All right. Tomorrow, maybe you could do your linguist skills. Saturday in the Park? Saturday in the Park by Chicago. It's one of their biggest songs. And, dude, four decades hit. 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. The band had hits in four decades. I'm not making this up. That's how the staying power of this band has been. There's still some original guys from the original band from the 60s. So maybe tomorrow we can have a little rock and roll trivia. Okay. I will I will set myself a reminder. Okay. I'll set myself one, too. Also, game ball. So we're going to do this on Tuesday. I knew we'd have some time in the last segment. I uh, wanted to ask, what do you think? Got some responses on uh, Blaine and Mickey Twitter. Jordan Estrada says, on offense, King Henry. On defense, he did the lock symbol and the down. He said Fulton. And uh, he said uh, Randy, the kicker. He called him a name, but I'm not going to say what he called. It has something to do with Randy's weight. Uh, Michael Jesus says, uh, on defense, it's Fulton. He looked great out there. Offense, it has to go to the offensive line. And we're fine with you giving a – we'll split that five ways for the O-line. He said, yeah, Henry went off, but they stepped up after Lawan and Saffold weren't in the game. Special teams goes to Titans legend, he says, Randy Bullock. Uh, Lynn was very brief. He said, Henry, Fulton, Bullock. So Bullock's all around, not Keith, but Randy. A lot of people like him what they've seen Chris Fulton. Heck, I like what I've seen from Christian yeah, Fulton. Yeah, I said that after the first game, and he's kind of continued that. Yeah. It gets a, you know, big-time receiver. So that yeah, brings more notches but to, you know, to his belt. But he's not intimidated. He played in the SEC, so he's played against these guys before. So he understands their approach, I, I think. You, you know, usually you get in your second year as a defensive back, you realize you're not just playing on your talent. You're yep. also t- playing on, with your brain, and that means understanding how they want to attack you what they like to do, and then how do you think that's going to fit into what the approach is for your defensive scheme, and then how can you then mix that in to be able to make plays? And so he's kind of put that all together. You can see it coming coming together for him, and that's really a lot. You can't play on time. The guys are too good. Yep. You can't just, oh, I'm not going to watch film. You know, a lot of these guys in college didn't even watch film. So, they, first of all, they have to learn how to watch film. Let's start there. All right. So guess what I did as a rookie? I'm going to go in there and sit with these vets, see what they're looking at, and see what they what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I then can learn, take notes, figure out what I need to do because I'm be on the field pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I want, I want, I want to be out there. 
I'm tired of running down a special team running like I'm running through a brick wall. <laughs> special teams really hurts, man. It, it, it does. It was, it, playing playing offensive defense is way easier than special teams. <laughs> That's how I would say it. They'd be like, what? No, no. You got to run down and your life depends on it. Your life, your family, everything. And probably about 10 plays, 15 oh, plays. That's <laughs> like Nick DeZubnar and those type of guys, Darren Bates. Whole career special teams. Yeah, I think they may have some video of me flip, getting flipped up and all over the, you know, these wedge busters and all that stuff, man. I was getting creamed. Oh, my gosh. And you can't do things now that they could nah. do when you played. That's a whole wedge of people that you had to try to just throw yourself through like a Red Rover line only in paths. After I did that a couple times, I said, I don't think I'm doing that no more. Now I'm going to study more film. I'm going to start. Yeah, I'm going to start yeah. slithering and going through their legs or something. Oh, give them the, uh, the home alone on the ice. All right, my my game ball, because we got to get out of here so 3HL can get this thing going next. I went Bullock. He went 4 of 5 on field goals, including the game winner, 3 of 3 on extra points, mainly because he kept himself off Kicker Island for another week. Yeah. Haven't signed another kicker, so Randy Bullock will remain here, it looks like. Well, knock on wood. Uh, Danico Autry, I went with him as my defensive MVP. He was just real active. We could have picked a bunch of different guys. Uh, Long, Fulton, we've talked a whole lot about um, uh, Landry. Andrew. I mean, a bunch of guys, and I know they gave up a lot of points. And Michael Pruitt, career-high snap count, uh, three catches on 43 targets. He had the same receiving stats as A.J. Brown, and he got everybody fired the heck up. Ooh, I like that pick. I think I, I'm, I'm going to just go offense because he pretty much hit it. Bullock's definitely going to be special teamer. Defense, you get a handful of guys. Naturally, I would lean towards a DB, but, yeah, I could go either way. But I'm going to go with old Tanny time. Tanny. It's because he then – was leading the pass first, then the run became effective. So he is the linchpin. If he can throw the rock, then that opens it up for the king. I'm going Tanny time. It's hard, too, because, you know, king was, you know, rushed for 100-something yards. That's true. He, he, if he rushed for 200, then I would give it to him. <laughs> We're spoiled with him. Hey, hit us up with your game balls at Blaine and Mickey right now. 3HL coming up next. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Hump day. Yep. Yep, hump day's tomorrow. But in the meantime, happy Tuesday, and you know it. Peace!